what it is, what it is. I am starting something new, as you can see. I will not just be live streaming on Sundays. I will now also be live streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Thursdays will always be live streams about money, economy, currency. I might add a little politics in there to get y'all to arguing in the live chat. <laughs> but, you know, we we going to see. We're going to see how that goes because I don't know. We're just going to see. Anyway, hey, machos. Welcome to the Black Macho and the Superwoman podcast. I am your fearless leader, Sansa Monique. <laughs> and this is episode number 25. I am surprised. I'm surprised I made it this far doing podcasting. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> like, I had a podcast before, but this is different. Like, I was podcasting because I wanted to talk to all of my subscribers and, you know, people that was consistently watching me all the time. Now that my audience is significantly bigger, it's different when I do a podcast now. Now it's like has an effect. So I'm proud of myself for making it this far. And some of you are surprised as well. I know. And if you want me to make it further, make sure you hit the like button. Okay. When you enter the room, I got to be specific about that because I don't be asking y'all that. Let me see if I can put a banner up there. Let's see. Subscribe. Here it goes. Boom. Right there across. <laughs> there it goes. I'm gonna need for y'all to like the live stream wherever you are watching and you can send love via cash app to dollar sign black macho podcast. Speaking of cash app, speaking of cash app, got a sad story about him. Bob Lee, the former chief technology officer of square who helped launch cash app has died after an apparent stabbing attack in San Francisco. I live in the Bay Area, so I know how dangerous our cities can be during the day. I'll be damned if I walk around it at night. So why he was walking around the city at 2 a.m. alone, I don't know. I'll try to get into details in my next live stream next Thursday about this. But that is an horrific act of violence on someone innocent. Condolences to his family. You can see this live stream visual replay by signing up via Patreon. I don't know if you guys know that. Keep the conversation going and join the Black Macho Discord now. You love my... My bad. <laughs> my bad. So, back to what I was saying. You can see the live stream visual, visual replay by signing up via Patreon. I need 10,000 new machos. And don't forget that my YouTube macho membership is 99 cents on YouTube. So after I do my live streams, you can see them on YouTube. You can see them on Facebook as well, but then they are taken down and they are put on to Patreon. I think some people on my Facebook page can see it if they are top like commenters. Um, Cause you know, I got some top fans over there. Y'all could probably see it, but it's not like open to the public. I don't even think I have a lot of top people. On yes, I do. I got it. I got a lot of top people on Facebook, but Facebook been tripping nowadays. Like I spent way too much money on Facebook advertising for them to be treating me the way that they treat me. Like I, tr I spent a lot of money on advertising doing boosting, like boosting on Instagram. Meta has taken a lot of my money. So the fact that they treat me the way that they do really pisses me off. 
anyway, like I said, I need more macho money. So <laughs> rag it up. Since I'm over here talking about Facebook, rag it up. I need 10,000 new machos over there on Patreon. That's the goal to get 10,000 of y'all. If I get, can get 10,000 of y'all, I can get a bigger studio. I can get better equipment. I can bring on more guests. So I need y'all to participate in that. Okay. So every Thursday from now on, like I said, will be a live stream about business and money. Today, we will not only be talking about the broad price, we will also be talking about how Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have come together to form a new currency. They will be able to trade with each other directly without needing the US dollar as their reserve currency, meaning the one currency that the entire world uses. China's currency has now replaced the US dollar by being the most traded in Russia and Saudi Arabia and Japan have cut ties with the US. Malaysian prime minister advises that there is no longer a reason to rely on the US dollar. Kenya's president has warned his people to get rid of the US dollar. Donald Trump says that China would displace the US dollar and the reserve currency US dollar will no longer be the world standard. Even Vladimir Putin gave his input on it as well, which ran parallel to basically what I was saying. Now, I tried to talk on my channel before about uh, Biden giving money to the Ukraine and how that was unfortunate to me because I felt like, you know, we didn't have money to be given anybody else. But, you know, I was just trying to figure out, like, how, how did he have money for war but can't feed the poor? You feel what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, we ain't got the money for that. Anyway, our country cannot sustain our own debt, so more money was printed, which caused inflation and devalues the money. Remember when we got our stimulus checks? In order to get those stimulus checks, those money, that money needs to be, more money needs to be printed out. Uh, wealthy people are afraid, so they are moving their money and they are selling their assets to others outside of the United States. So that's what's like destroying our economy right now. The dollar is depreciating because of the metrics it's measured against. So the exchange rate to other currencies is affected and the demand for 10-year treasury notes. A 10-year treasury note is the type of bond or debt security issued by the U.S. government with um, a maturity period of like 10 years. Okay, and these notes are also known as T-notes and are considered to be low-risk investments as they are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Investors can buy and sell these notes in the secondary market, and the interest rates they earn on their investments are fixed and paid biannually. <sighs> Foreign currency reserves, which is how much of our money is being used by other countries, and as you can see, other countries are not using the U.S. dollar anymore. So that's why our money is no longer something people are interested in. I mean, it's, I mean, we had to know this was coming. I did a poll the other day on my YouTube community tab. And on the community tab, I was asking people, after we've seen what the Biden administration has done, would any of you ever consider voting Kamala Harris for president? Of course, like 80% of people said no. And then you have other people who were in the comment section who were claiming that what's happening inside of our country really doesn't have to do anything to do with the Biden administration. And that's weird to me because last time I checked, the president of the United States was <sighs> leader of the free world, world, right? The one person that had control over everything. 
So if you're vice president and you work for the leader of the world, <laughs> you basically the leader of the world's partner. So they're, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, just because she's vice president doesn't mean she'll be a bad president. <laughs> it was her who convinced us to vote for her. I mean, vote for uh, Biden. Now, I don't know how many of y'all voted for Trump. I was so anti-Trump. But me, I don't really like to vote at all. Like, I'm not a voting type of person. I watch from a distance. But my mother was, like, bullying me into voting. So I ended up voting for Biden, which, ugh. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to do it. You know, you got to choose like the lesser of two evils. And what bothered me most about Trump wasn't the fact that he was really Trump. It was more of the racism aspect associated with him. And every time in, in, this, in Northern California, every time I would see something that was associated with him, it was always like a racist redneck with a F-150 and a Trump flag hanging out the back and a Blue Lives Matter flag or some shit like that. So it made me like, be like, yuck, every time I, you know, thought of Donald Trump. So outside of the fact that he's a, I'm not going to say he's a great business man, but at the same time, it's like you got to kind of be a crook to be like financially in a decent place in this world. You know, you kind of have got to have a little crook in you. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got to be, you know, it's, it's, it's a healthy balance. You feel what I'm saying? But with, but with him, he seems to be like overdoing it. Um, he's really just not, not the, not the nicest person, but I think in, in, um, hindsight, maybe Trump would have been a better president than Joe Biden, but then I feel like it would have been extremely more violent. You know what I mean? Like, I think the way, the world is violent right now. Everybody got a gun, but I think it would have been way worse. I think everybody would have more money, I think. But at the same time, I think it would have been extremely violent wherever. So, I don't know. And then I would see the black manosphere talk about Donald Trump so much. And, and anything that has to do with the manosphere, red pill, incel stuff, I'd just be like, yuck. And they was just so pro Trump and I was like oh my god I just <laughs> like I mean there are a bunch of idiots with other shit so I was like could these idiots possibly know anything about politics like if you can't listen to some things that men say could you possibly listen in, listen to them when they're talking about politics if you can't listen to them when it comes to family and relationships and how they, you know, deal with women. Like, it's one thing to be good at politics and be good at business and know your shit, but it's another thing to be a family man, I guess, right? So it's two different thought processes. So maybe I should have thought of it that way, that, okay, maybe if they're saying vote for Trump, they might be onto something. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't trust the manosphere. I, I don't even think women trust black men in general right now. But this is... To me, this is what made me think about the bride price, okay? Now, for me, the I don't know if y'all know what the bride price is. First, let me go over what the bride price is. The concept of the bride price, also known as bride wealth or bride token, is a longstanding tradition in various cultures around the world. Essentially, it is a sum of money, goods, or property that is paid by the groom or his family to the bride's family as compensation for the loss of their daughter's labor and company. 
This practice is widely debated and criticized for perpetuating gender equality, perpetuating dangerous gender stereotypes, and devaluing human worth. In some modern cultures, the idea of bride price has been replaced by more equitable customs such as dowries, which are given to both the bride and the groom's family and joint expenses for weddings. Overall, while the concept of a bride price may still have cultural significance for some people, it is increasingly being viewed by others as needless, harmful, and outdated. But to me, I think this is one of those traditions that you know, Africans still do this. Africans do uh, not. A, it's not called a bride price. Uh, a bride price. It's called labola. I think it's called labola or Maori, something like that. Anyway, they still do that. Africans, and so I'm like African Americans. If we was to apply something like this to our own community, we this could be something good for us, but. It, because my thing is some people believe that it could serve as a symbol of love and commitment between families. And in some cases it may help secure the couple's financial future. Others argue that it can lead to the exploitation of women and reinforce gender equality. And like I said, perpetuate harmful practices such as child marriage. Now, just because I'm saying maybe we should have a bride price doesn't mean I'm saying more underaged girls should be getting married or, uh, daddy should be out here pimping their daughter out. You feel what I'm saying? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the reason why the black community is the way that it is from my perspective is that a lot of black men, number one, don't own shit. They don't have money. They don't have businesses. A lot of them don't have education. All they got is BBC, a criminal record, a whole bunch of baby mamas. Like, what a value do they have? Now, don't get it twisted. It's a lot of African-American men out there who handle in their business. Don't think because I'm addressing, addressing the negative men that there aren't good men out there. There are good men out there who did what they were supposed to do. But when we start talking about the numbers and when we really start looking in our community and interacting with each other, forget the statistics. When we're dealing with each other, how many men do you know really just don't have their shit together? We see so many black women out there with businesses and their education and money and, and homes and all types of stuff. Meanwhile, it's men out there struggling and they can give you a thousand reasons why they can say, oh, it has something to do with the white man trying to keep me down or, oh, it has something to do with um, incarceration or it has something to do with just so, not, them not having the opportunity. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's like no one has control over your destiny or what plans you have for you if you've always been focused on what it is that you want to do with your life and you've always been trying to focus on being on the right path. I think a lot of times black men aren't being taught what they need to be taught to be good business owners and to be wealthy. And, you know, we just wasn't taught that. So when we start talking about the bride price and how families are coming together to make sure that they're, the marriage of their children is is in a good place financially, uh, everyone is healthy, everyone, you know, when you start working together as a team, the unity is there, the the family unit is there, and that's what's missing inside of the black community. All other cultures have something similar, and yeah, there are negative things that, you know, people could, could do, they could mishandle it, 
of course, but for the most part, if it's handled properly and it's, it's done properly, then, you know, this could be something that could um, definitely help. Um, African-American culture, we have our own traditions as far as marriage go, but it's never, it's not as solid as something like a bride price. Like one of the most important traditions is the jumping the broom, which originated during the time of slavery in the United States. This tradition involves the couple jumping over a broom together to symbolize the beginning of their new life together, which is something that they had to really sneak and do because slaves getting married was illegal during that time. So they basically they were jumping the broom illegally and secretly. Okay. Another, um, I'm sorry. Another important tradition is the tying of a kente cloth, a special cloth from Ghana around the couple's shoulders or hands during the ceremony. This symbolizes unity and the merging of two families. I've barely seen that happen at a wedding. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody who's actually done that. I've never seen that. I, when I found out that was a tradition, I was surprised because I still have yet to see it. I haven't seen anybody take a picture of seeing people do that. I just haven't seen it. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. It's just I don't see it. Uh, African-American weddings often, often feature music, dancing, and lively celebrations that reflect the rich cultural heritage of the community. Additionally, many families may have their own unique traditions and customs that are passed down from generation to generation. And some common customs in African weddings include having, uh, like I said, a dowry and a labola that I was talking about earlier, the exchange of gifts, the presence of elaborate wedding attire i just seen that when i saw portia's wedding when she married that uh, big head circle head dude from africa i don't even know this is a simon right what is his name portia from uh real housewives of atlanta just got married and their wedding was like big and i kept seeing different pictures of their wedding by stanlow photography i don't know if y'all know what stanlow photography is but he does like some amazing like photography for african weddings and just black weddings in general and so with um portia they really did a traditional african wedding because an african wedding is like more than one day sometimes that shit lasts a week they have multiple days and they do multiple rituals and it's like this big ass celebration so that's an African tradition that I think we should start applying to, you know, African-American weddings. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, the presence of elaborate wedding attire. In those pictures, Portia's dresses and the things that they were wearing on their head. And, I mean, it was just a beautiful. It was just a beautiful sight to see. Um, what else? Various traditional ceremonies and rituals. Many African cultures also have specific traditions related to joining of families and the celebration of marriage, such as the sharing of food, dance, and music. In some African cultures, the marriage ceremony can be a multiple-day affair, like I said, that involves multiple rituals and activities. Should African Americans participate in modern-day bride price, or should we have a labola or dowry that's what i want to ask y'all inside of my comment section to see what y'all say honestly my comments be popping on sunday because i've been doing sunday so long so today is a new day <laughs> i just started doing this on thursday so we're gonna we're gonna build this audience i need you guys to help me build this audience now we know that I only get about 30 to 130 people in a live stream. I see other people's live streams and I'd be like, wow. But I, what I don't see a lot of in the black community is a lot of live streams where people are talking about business and money all the time. Now, I do love Earn Your Leisure. That's my one of my favorite channels. Um, but that's the only 
like one maybe wall street trapper i don't know if he does uh, live streams by himself on youtube but i do know earn your leisure they do stuff all the time i think um sleep is for suckers david david does them um what do we do market mondays is his name his thing called market mondays anyway i do i watch a lot of business and finance content and i've been doing it for so many years it didn't occur to me that I really need to start using my channel to talk more about black wealth, just to go hard with it. Cause it's something that I wanted to do. And of course I've spoken about it on Instagram. I've done reels about, about it. I've done shorts about it. I just felt like my YouTube audience really wasn't taking any of that shit serious. When I talk about money, like when I talk about money and business, a lot of y'all don't want to hear that because y'all are so used to me talking about relationships all the time. All of my business connects and all my business people, they be on Instagram. They be watching me on there and I had a lot of like business connects on Twitter. So now I'm just trying to make Thursday be the time where I, I take at least an hour to sit down and talk about stuff like this. But anyway, so yeah, do you think we should have a modern day bride price is the question. Is <laughs> the question that I want to talk about. Um, stop trying to align what blacks do with everybody else. I'm trying to align with everybody blacks with every, I'm sorry. I'm trying to align what African Americans do with African tradition, which is important because African Americans do not have any structure, any real traditions, any standards and boundaries that we stick to as a community. And this is why our shit is all over the place because we don't have the boundaries and standards that we should have like other cultures have. So I'm not saying that we should do what every other culture does. I'm saying maybe we should learn from African culture, which we are part African. We should take a page from their book and apply it in an African, I mean, in an American way. We're African-Americans, so that makes sense. I didn't say let's be Asian. I did not say let's be uh, French or let's be Swedish, Swedish, or let's say Swedish, 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 or <laughs> Australian. I'm saying let's take some of, let's take some of the traditions of Africans and apply it to our culture and see what it does because what we haven't done as a community is create enough solid traditions on our own to keep our families tight. So to me, that's not a bad idea. In Africa, by the time you are 30, you are married and he pays your bride price. You move out your parents' house and your husband provides. Exactly. How is that a bad thing? But what, but here's the thing. In Africa, they do that, but you know how American women, there are a lot of American women that aren't going to feel comfortable with the concept of polyamory and for uh, their husbands to have more than one wife. In Africa, a lot of them have more than one wife. They have a lot of wealth, but they can sit there and pay a bride price more than once. You see what I'm saying? Like their families are like benefiting off of each other. They exchange it. So it's not like, like how these broke ass women in America just looking for a, a man to come and pay for everything. That's not what they're doing in Africa. One wealthy family is connecting with another wealthy family and they're exchanging resources. And that's what needs to happen with the black community. There's too much separation with black community. African community doesn't do that. They build together. Now I'm not saying they need to be all, I'm just saying it's a good blueprint to follow. I think that's something that, that black people should consider. Um, 
African-American women have a low marriage rate, so I think a dowry will make it even lower. Well, I don't think that a dowry will make it even lower. What I think is, and, and I talk about this in my book, my uh, Black Femininity book, I talk about this in the book, where I specifically say, you know, it's important that, um, hold on, let me see something. It's important, okay, yeah, so it's important that black women start having a standard when it comes to who we are as women and a standard that we have with men, okay? Part of the reason why South African women are so adored in their country is because their men value things more. So what I'm saying is one unit as a team, I think more black men should participate in, you know, doing things that create more businesses for them, create more money for them instead of feeling like, oh, if I do create a business or if I do start making money that I may be a capitalist and like that's a negative thing or uh, my wife will participate in consumerism and she'll go around and she'll be buying all of this stuff. Now that's just a negative perspective that I think a lot of men have in order to make excuses for why they don't go out there and make a lot of money. I think there needs to be a higher standard for men. Okay, because uh, by black women, because black, a black woman will flat out get with a man who has several baby daddies. I mean, several baby mamas, all these goddamn kids. He could be broke as fuck. He could have a criminal record and a black woman will still love him anyway. Okay, like through it. But let's say she was on the other foot. Most of these men, they don't want to step up to a woman who has all of these baby daddies got all of these kids, a lot of men are not feeling that because they have a standard. They have something that they want to do with their life. So a lot of them, any man who is like worth something, he's going to think twice before he meets a woman who's been sleeping around with a whole bunch of guys, got a whole bunch of baby daddies, you know, like just that's not how these men are operating. And I know for every single mother out there, I don't want you to feel, you know, bad about yourself. I'm a single mom. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just saying a lot of men who are financially in a good place or these men out here who are business owners and, you know, they want to start a family, especially if they're young. They want to start a family with someone who's childless. So if they do meet a woman who is, you know, a mother, a lot of times they don't want that woman to be a mother of like six kids or to have a whole bunch of baby daddies because it becomes a financial burden. It becomes another responsibility because you're asking this man to also stepfather your children. You have to understand like the way that men are looking at this is completely different. But as a woman, the same way a lot of men will turn a woman down because of these things is the same way a woman needs to turn men down. Women will stay in relationships with men who flat out cheated on them, find out he cheated and stay with him and then sit there talking to the side chick and going back and forth with the side chick and still sitting there allowing him to sleep with both of them while they sit here and fight over this man that done played both of them. You know what I'm saying? Like women do shit like this. Women fighting over men that's broke. Women fighting over men that's uneducated. Women fighting over promiscuous men. It's it's crazy. And it's just like, there needs to be a female standard. And I posted a video yesterday about this where I was talking about how black women 
celebrate Meg Thee Stallion so much as if Meg Thee Stallion is the standard of what a black female or a black woman is. And that's sad to me because I feel like that's it. Like if I, if I was a young girl and I wanted to aim to be something and I was looking out into the world and I saw all of these celebrity black women out there, one of the most popular ones is one who's half dressed all the time, who has sexually explicit lyrics all of the time. Of course, these little girls would want to be her, right? Especially if they don't have the positive role models they need in their own home. If you don't have a mother there to say, a, a mother with her head on her shoulders to say, hey, you know, you can do better than be Meg Thee Stallion. Like I had to tell my daughter when she was like liking Cardi B. I had to flat out be like, listen, yeah, Cardi B's funny. Yeah, Cardi B's talented. Yeah, Cardi B is all those things, but you have to understand what comes with you being hypersexual and you selling your body to the public for consumption. Something happens with that. So I just feel like the black female standard should be more than somebody like Beyonce or Meg Thee Stallion. I'm not saying Beyonce a bad person and I'm not saying Meg Thee Stallion is a bad person, but I'm saying that to some degree, both of those women are using their sexuality in their body. And there's so many other black women out there that, is, that are doing something other than that, that we can put emphasis on. Like when I seen that black, uh, that Meg Thee Stallion was on the cover of Forbes I was just disgusted and I remember saying this I remember being like uh you know what I mean? like why because there's so many other black women out there who are making more money than her that are in business that are not selling their sexuality that deserve the cover of Forbes so it just was it was just like so disheartening to me because of all of the business women I know who deserved it and it's making way more money than Meg Thee Stallion with way more success. And they choose Meg Thee Stallion for it. It just seemed off. If they were going to uh, put a black woman on Forbes, it could have been anybody but Meg Thee Stallion. And so I just felt like as black women, Meg Thee Stallion should not be our standard of what a good black woman is to the rest of the world. You know, and so that's what I made a video about yesterday. And I know some people was like, oh, you hate Meg Thee Stallion. It's not that I hate Meg Thee Stallion. It's just, you know, I just feel like she is not that. Yeah. And so anyway. Um, <laughs> so anyway, if a, hold on, let's see. Where was I at? Because I was talking to somebody. Africa will have a new, okay, yeah. Um, When my grandmother got married, a diary was given, yes. But at the time, is going on we have gotten rid of those traditions but it's still customary for the bride's family for the wedding well I noticed a lot of um people who are getting married they're paying for their own wedding their parents aren't even paying for it um bride price refers to a situation where the groom alone or with his family makes a wedding payment to the bride's family in the form of livestock money and camaraderies or other valuables. Thank you, Google. What I'm saying is <laughs> we should have a dowry or a labola. That's what um, African culture does. Hold on. That bright ass light. <laughs> It was bright as fuck. I was like, God damn. 
Okay, anyway. Uh, let's see. Um... Yeah, it's a popular thing in Ghana. That makes sense. Uh, a lot of baby mamas in America can get a man to marry them for free. They barely want to pay child support. I love African women and their traditions. They respect their womb and marry before they carry. The reason, again, the reason why South African women are the way that they are is because the men who raise them have different values. They don't have the same value. Like American men do not have the same values as men from other cultures. You have to understand their leaders are what make them them. Y'all keep thinking these women are the way that they are just because that's just the way that they are. No, it has something to do with how they were raised. It's, it has something to do with their fathers. It has something to do with the men in their culture. The men in their culture respect their women and are very good to their women. They do not feel comfortable with a lot of the things that I see black men feel comfortable with in regards to women. So I, I just, uh, in America, so I, I just want everybody to understand that when, when you try to put down African-American women or compare African-American women to other races of men, you um, other races of women, you have to also compare the men. The men are extremely different there. So, of course, the women are going to be different. We're not going to come together as a culture because our bloodline is diluted with many different heritage. That's neither here nor there. That has nothing to do. That does, that's neither here nor there. That doesn't even fucking matter. Black is black. Anyway, um, different cultures like when I was growing up, I never ate fried chicken. I never had Kool-Aid. I don't eat sweet potato pie. We eat pumpkin. I think that's something that, like, a lot of times I felt a little disconnected from my own family because they would eat soul food, and I didn't really like that food. So come Thanksgiving... <laughs> I would barely eat anything like, and that's <laughs> weird, but that's what was happening. I just was not for it. You hear what I'm talking about? Like, I was not hearing that shit because it just, it was, it was nasty to me. I didn't like it. So I I feel you with the no Kool-Aid. Like my mother's a Kool-Aid band and she fixed more Kool-Aid. I ain't never seen somebody fix more Kool-Aid in my life. And then she ended up with diabetes. So there's that. You know what I'm saying? There's that. So I hate you. As a West African, I feel, hold on. As a West African, I feel what would help is if a lot of African Americans find out who they actually are, what country they're from, learn the traditions and faith, the values, and apply it to life. The reason why I'm saying they, sh they, I mean, if you want to do like an ancestry, like if African-Americans wanted to sit down and do ancestry, cool. But at the same time, it's like, I'm talking about building African-American culture and us coming together, picking a specific way to do things. You know what I mean? Like a specific for African-Americans, right? Not really just picking off everything everybody else does because then it, you know what good is it 
if we're, if we're picking, if we're doing everything everybody else does, then it's everybody else's culture. I'm not saying let's do everything. Let me show you this video. African women versus African-American women. I visited various countries in Africa, specifically East Africa. And what I can tell you is this, East African women are some of the most beautiful, most tenacious, zealous women in the world. They're on a level that African-American women can only hope and pray to be on. From the way that they walk, to their elegance, to their cooperation fit and feminine behavior, they're next level. East African women love to wear their natural hair. They love to, to be very respectable to their elders and they respect men. Fellas, do your favor and get your East African beauty. And this is the problem that some of us have with the black American passport bros. You can definitely have your preference without bringing down African-American women. You can have your preference. East African women can definitely be your preference, but you do not need to compare them with African-American women and bring down African-American women or black American women. One of the key elements or variables that most of you forget when you're making this comparison is the social cultural context, all right? These women are the way they are because of the men in their society. African-American women are the way they are because of what? The men in their society. Most of you are 50-50 men. African men are raised with the mindset to be providers. And that is not the same mindset that most African-American men have. Beyond provision, African men believe in lineage and continuity of the family name and these are the reasons why they tend to get married and often would do well being the man of the house most of you african-american men do not have that concept of extending your lineage and your family name again this whole thing of east african women love to wear their natural hair context is key in most african countries and cultures the women are not directly competing with eurocentric standards do not get me wrong eurocentric standards are global however women on the african continent are not directly competing with that standard and the economic penalty is not as severe as it is in north america okay so black women in north america i'm sure they have beautiful hair but depending on your career, you need to look a certain way to get ahead. I have done a video extensively talking about the level of microaggression and the way black women are penalized when they wear their natural hair at work and how that affects them economically. A simple look at the Crown Research funded by Dove will provide a context for understanding why black women in America might not be so drawn to wearing their natural hair. Finally, you talk about the element of respect and how East African women respect their elders and respect men. You need to conduct yourself in a manner that deserves respect. Do African American men carry themselves deserving of respect? That is a question for you to answer. Respect is not given, it is earned. So if you want to get respect from your women, conduct yourself as such. How many of you are sexually disciplined? How many of you are providers? How many of you have emotional intelligence? How many of you claim a pregnancy 
when a woman tells you that you got her pregnant and you go ahead, follow through, support her and name the child to ensure that you are laying claims to your lineage and ensuring that your family name continues. These are the things. So before you make these comparisons, remember African-American men and women are a product of their own society and East African women are also a reflection of their own society and how the men in those society operate and move. My name is Dr. Zida. I am a sociologist. Dear Black Passport Bros, please stop the comparison. Go for your preference in peace and stop disrespecting your own women. That is simply unattractive. And for me, as a West African woman, I would not deal with any man who disrespect his own women just to elevate me. Guess what, guys? Hit the follow button. I don't know how many times I have. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have said. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have said um, that marriage is a business. So thank you for this comment, by the way. <laughs> no, I wasn't looking at the chat. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't looking at the chat. I was looking at some other shit. Um, I was looking at the camera. Um, yeah, I don't know why the audio went off like that. Um, but oh, you. Uh, but I'm going to repeat what I said. I'm going to repeat what I said so y'all can hear what I said. Okay. <laughs> what I was... <laughs> That's funny shit. When I was saying... <laughs> what I was saying was... Um, with, with what I'm trying to explain to people, okay, is about unity, right? When you got, like, I didn't require a bride price for my son's father, right? I didn't require that. Um, but what I'm trying to encourage other women to do is to make sure that one family understands that another family is coming together to build one unit. And Americans don't necessarily think that way. We think two people are getting married. We never think that a family is marrying into another family. Okay? And that's what we should start thinking as because the reason why it's so many single mothers out here to begin with and they're having trouble raising their sons and a, a lot of boys aren't taught to be better men is because the person who is raising them isn't necessarily the best parent in the world. And they don't have a village of people to help them. When you are meeting a man, right, you need to understand that I'm not, I'm not telling people to have a bride price. I'm telling people that a lobola or a dowry is what people should have, which is an exchange. Okay. Which is, which is one family investing and another family also investing. So let's say they exchange businesses or they exchange investments or they exchange whatever, livestock, whatever they want to exchange. That's a family unit right there. That's two people. That's two families covering two people. So when I, what I'm telling girls is, listen, first of all, don't have a baby outside of wedlock. Okay. But also understand that wedlock is not going to save you from being a single mother. You could get in a marriage with somebody and this person, something could happen to that person. So you have to prepare yourself in the event that something happens to this person. And the way that you do that 
is by you requiring that this person and their family invest in your family and your family invests into their family and y'all invest into the marriage. Y'all invest it into each other. That way, if something happens to your husband, sis, you got a tribe with you to help you raise a kid alone. A lot of these single mothers don't have that because they just don't have any family. Like, I raised my son by myself. You understand that? Like, who raised my son? Me, my parenting classes, and my child development courses. That's why my son is well-behaved. It isn't that I have my son's father's family helping me. I don't even have my own family helping me. Okay? So, I just, what I'm saying is, as women... Please, please, for the love of God, make sure that you, you know, have a bride price. Now, as far as, I don't know if y'all heard me. Did y'all hear me about what I said about Cardi B and my daughter? <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that part where I was answering this comment where I said <laughs> the reason why Cardi B, like my daughter was listening to Cardi B, like when my my daughter first started uh, listening to, to Cardi B. Is it still no audio? Oh, I was crazy. I was like, no audio again? Like, <laughs> yeah, Okay. So did y'all hear me talk about um my daughter and how she was listening to Cardi B? My daughter, listen to me. My it's my daughter. She's 23. She doesn't help me raise anything. She no position to raise nothing. <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> My daughter is not helping me raise anything. Okay, so with Cardi B, let me explain about my daughter and Cardi B. So, um, my daughter first told me about how she liked Cardi B, right? Cardi B wasn't doing music yet. She was just on Love and Hip Hop. And my daughter was in high school. And so, the thing about when your kids get in high school, you could try to parent them all day long. But... Once your kids leave your physical space, you can't you can't protect them. They out in the world alone. So if a girl who loves Cardi B and isn't being parented well runs into another girl who's being parented well at school, the girl who's parenting well is still going to be exposed to whatever negative things that the girl card that likes Cardi B is bringing. So that's what was happening with my daughter. She was seeing stuff outside the home that I couldn't, I had no control over. Because once they go to school, that's it. They're seeing shit they ain't supposed to see, especially in high school. Okay? So, and, and teenagers will keep shit from me. But my daughter was never like that. She was always the one that always told me the truth. Because I created that space for her. I created a space for her to feel comfortable with her coming to me and saying, Mom, guess what happened at school? Most of the girls who went to her school weren't like that with their mothers. The girls that my daughter was around was just like coming over to my house. They would come over to my house and talk to me. Their own mothers they couldn't talk to. It was times I would have to tell girls' mothers what's happening with their daughter. They ain't had no clue because they, they didn't have that type of relationship. Me and my daughter always had that type of relationship. She could always tell me. So a lot of the things that she was experiencing that she was learning, especially about sexuality, she was learning it from school. Because we never, like, she has the type of father who, if she, if a sex scene is playing at 
in the movie that we sit down watching on the couch. Her father would cover her eyes and be like, don't watch this part. <laughs> I mean, he did that well into her being in her teens. We just sit down, we'd be watching a rom-com, a little, you know, sex scene come up, <laughs> you know. He like, don't watch this part. <laughs> Leave the room. <laughs> I mean, like, so yeah, but when you say what you say about uh, children having access to stuff they're not supposed to, a lot of times the kids who aren't being parented well or the kids who have parents who allow them to watch and listen to everything, they expose the other kids of that shit. So yeah. Um, hold up. Sorry about that. Okay, African culture also practice polygamy. That's what I was saying earlier that a lot of... Uh, American women aren't going to be able to deal with some of the African uh, traditions, uh, especially those of polyamory. I was talking about that in my book, too, the Becoming Her book, that, um, yeah, so I, I come from a very conservative family. Uh, thank you. You have reached a broader audience, and unfortunately, you need to get the Samantha the sausage head or here to listen. <laughs> Not Samantha the sausage head. Oh, that's funny. Make sure you thumbs up the live stream when you get here. From now on, I'll still be doing my live streams on Sunday, but I'm going to do them Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Let's just let you know that we got something good going on here. I finally am trying to stick to a schedule, but Thursdays will always be about business and money and stuff like that. Uh, any person that comes for black women ain't a person for me. Pickings are slim, but there are few folk worthy of my attention out there. Uh, my volume low? I have a low voice. I'm a very soft-spoken person. A lot of people don't know that. I'm very, I'm very soft-spoken person, but it was because my mic was off that you could hear me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you guys, if you can barely hear me now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very soft-spoken. A dowry is not for a virgin. <laughs> not everybody's sleeping around. Just say just say your poor choices and women are out here sleeping around. That's not every woman. Your poor choices and women, Rico, are sleeping around. Um, I've dated African men, and they're nice and everything, but they don't like a woman asking about where they've been and where they're going. Eh, that's a, I, I mean, if, if you got a man who's paying for everything and he's good to you and he treats you well, why are you hounding him about where you're going? Like, I don't, I, I don't remember, like, any of the relationships I've been in. Like, I was in a, me and my uh, daughter's father were together for a, a long time. And he was a great provider. He was great. The only thing he didn't do was marry me. He did everything else great. He always behaved like a husband. He was already acting like we was, when people used to see us, they, they automatically thought we was married. Even after we broke up, when people see us, they think we're married. Even to this day, when we, like, when he come to visit, because he still live on the East Coast. When he come over here to the West Coast, when we out, we one unit. He still take, he still take lead. Like, it's like I still allow him to take lead every time, you know? He, he just, I don't know, he just always had, like, this husband vibe. But he never married me. To this day, I don't know what, well, I don't think he really... Is trying to be married, honestly, <laughs> to anyone, not just me, just anyone in general. But he's always been like real dope. You know what I mean? Like he's a really good guy, really good guy. 
Um, but he he's always behaved as like the one of the best providers. He's I've never been like, so where you going? Where you gonna be back? I never had to ask him that. Cause when he would leave, I knew he was going to do something amazing. If he didn't, <laughs> like he was either going to go make some money or he was like, he was doing something great. So I never had to question where he was going. I mean, it wasn't serious. Um, let's see. Still does not change the fact. Who's this? Yeah, that's not, that's your thing, Rico. You got an obsession with uh, virgins. Like a lot of men just have enough sense to realize that they're, that women are walking around here virgins. Not, not everybody walking around here virgins. <laughs> like a lot, like my daughter's still a virgin, but she's young still. You know what I mean? Like a lot of women use, lose their virginity early, just like guys do. I think guys lose their virginity before girls most times. And girls lose their virginity like in high school. My daughter didn't even lose her virginity in high school. You know, we could, because I explained, let me tell you something. I explained to my daughter what sex was to the T. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I told her beforehand, like, think you fall in love with a guy if you want to. <laughs> okay. And have sex with him if you want to. And this is what happens. Like, make sure the guy that you with love you. And make sure he done did what he needed to do to prove to you that he loved you. For a long period of time. Like don't let it be just something he did one day. He bought you this one thing one time. It has to be a pattern. And it has to be over an extended amount of time. My daughter been with the same guy. For like. Ugh, since middle school man. She was in middle school. She was talking to him the other day. <laughs> like. She been with the same guy. I think they broke up maybe. Twice because they of a distance. But they back at it. <laughs> like same guy, I'm like y'all might as well just go on and get married. <laughs> go on and get married. Explore life together. Experience life together. You know, and we a family. Like his family, and my family, her family. We, you know, it's like one big family. Like we could all just come together and chill. No problems there. No beef there. No drama. No issues. Nothing. And it's just always been that way. Ever since they was in middle school, it was like that. Like, we, we just always been, like, chill. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I hope she marry him. I do. I, I tell her all the time. I'm like, I hope you, I hope you marry him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no, that's just how Rico goes. Just speak for yourself. This is what I need for men to do. Speak for yourself. You know, like... A lot of times I seen somebody come in my Instagram recently and he was like, all of the men in America don't want to fuck with Western women no more. We all want to go get foreign women. I was like, nah, just say you dusty. Say, say it's you and the dusties around you because there's plenty of African-American men who are doing fine with African-American women. I mean, we seen Waka Flocka, just walk off of the podcast, the Fresh and Fit podcast, right? Everybody seen that clip, right? A walk flocker walking off the Fresh and Fit con podcast because he realized he was sitting on a podcast with a whole bunch of lames. Two dudes that was having issues with women. Half of the, listen, 80% of the black manosphere is a whole bunch of dusties who having issues with women because they don't know how to improve their character. 
it's it's too many men out here with good character or even better character than him. Like, walk a fucker, a cheating ass nigga, right? He had a beautiful wife, still ended up cheating on her, but he still got a better character than those fresh and fit niggas. So you have to understand, like, speak for yourself when you, you as a man, like when you get on social media, and that's another thing about this goddamn echo chamber on social media. Y'all repeat after each other. It's like a whole bunch of parrots that just said, well, that's a turkey, not a parrot, but whatever. <laughs> I knew it was some kind of bird, you know what I'm saying? But y'all like, you know, I don't know. Y'all listen to each other and y'all repeat each other's fake narratives and shit. Instead of speaking for yourself as a man and your personal experience as a man. So speak for yourself. Say, hey, you know, for for me, I have made all of these poor choices in women. Say that. Or, hey, for me, in order for me to pay a bride price, she would have to be a virgin. Or for me, not because not every man is you is basically what I'm trying to fucking say. Speak for yourself. That's all I'm saying. And, and when we're talking about traditionally, it's not even like that traditionally. Like maybe it used to be like that at some point in time. But when you read about the traditions, nothing in the tradition or the history of these cultures does it say that the girl is a virgin. Sometimes the girl is a virgin, sometimes the girl not a virgin. At the end of the day, you never know whether a woman is a virgin or not unless she tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like how, how are you going to know if your daughter is a virgin or not? Unless she tell you, you know, and because my daughter has always been so honest with me, I'm, I'm, I'm even talking about, she's been honest about coming close to having it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, Listen, I have one of those smooth relationships with my daughter. She's not going to lie to me, but some people, they don't have that closeness. But at the end of the day, men, you don't know, like fathers, you don't know a, a woman is a virgin or, or fellas, you don't know if a woman is a virgin unless she tell you. Some of y'all get played by women. That's that's why most of y'all have complaints about women anyway, because you've been deceived by one. Think about the black manosphere, all the complaints they got when it comes to women. A woman fooled them at some point. Some kind of way they got fooled and hurt by a woman. Right? Deception. People in the FBI tell you that deception is one of the hardest things to pick up. Hard to pick up because people, just in general, people know how to fake the fuck. They know how to lie to you. So you think you're getting a virgin <laughs> and you not. <laughs> you're like, oh, my boo is a virgin. <laughs> oh, you thought she was it, didn't you? You thought she was the only one she'd been with. Okay. Tell him, tell him, Asha. Tell him. Um, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And all right. And all right. But yeah, so, um, I just feel like to me, it would just be a good idea for there to be a bride party sent order. You know, that, that's just my perspective. There should be a bride price and, or a labola or a dowry. I think people should start working together to fix our community. I think that. I really do. And I I let me read something to y'all. Let me let me share something with y'all. Let's see. 
Um, so remember my, my book becoming her in chapter seven, it's about modern day bride price. Okay. The exchange of dowry or labola can serve as a symbolic gesture of commitment and respect between the families involved. The exchange is not only a transaction of material goods, but also a show of trust and goodwill that can strengthen relationships and promote greater unity among family members. This can be especially important in African-American families where there may be a history of broken relationships and fragmented communities. Incorporating the practice of dowries or labolas into African-American weddings can also be a very, be a way of reclaiming. I don't know where I got very, also be a way of reclaiming and celebrating cultural traditions, traditions <laughs> that have been lost over time. By honoring and preserving these customs, African-American families can connect with their heritage and promote a sense of pride and cultural identity. Of course, it is important to recognize that the practice of dowries or labolas can also be problematic if not handled appropriately. It is essential that the exchange is done with mutual respect and consent between the families involved and that the practice does not reinforce um, Lord, harmful gender stereotypes or treat women as commodities. It is also important to be mindful of the financial and economic realities of the families involved and to ensure that the exchange does not create undue burden or stress. The practice of dowries or labolas in African-American weddings can be a meaningful and beneficial tradition that promotes unity, supports women, and celebrates cultural heritage. By embracing this practice with sensitivity and respect, African-American families can strengthen their relationships and build a more supportive and resilient community. That is part of chapter seven in my book, Becoming Her. Okay, as you can see, I am a better writer than I am a speaker. <laughs> I am a better writer. So, Becoming Her, I want y'all to grab it. It's a black femininity guide. Please do, please do. Um, everyone say what we need, but most, most won't say directly what we should start doing. I have an entire book talking about what we should start doing. <laughs> most black women households don't have family bonds nor anything to trade. Most black households. I thought I thought that said women. Most black households. That's the problem. That's what I was saying when my my mic was muted. I was saying one of the problems is that black men don't have enough businesses. Black men don't have enough money. And those are the things that we need to work on as a community. And black women need to start putting that standard on men that they date. They need to require that these men are financially in a good place have some type of investment, some type of assets, some type of businesses or something before they consider marrying them. That's what women need to do because black women don't have a standard. They're out here marrying dudes with four and five baby mamas. They're marrying dudes that are broke. They're marrying dudes that are incarcerated. They're marrying dudes that don't even have the head on their shoulders. They man, they're marrying men who don't have anything of, of value to bring to the table outside of BBC. So if black women were to raise their standards and refuse to even casually hook up with these men, 
it will improve the behavior of these men because you have to understand women of other countries aren't like lowering their standard to be with just any random man. Now, don't get it twisted. Every culture or every race has a bad group of people in it, but those bad group of people aren't favored. Black people are the only people who favor the lowest of the low in their community. Black women have to understand that black men are not bending over backwards to be with you through your flaws. So if you're the type of woman who has several baby daddies or have a whole bunch of kids or you're overweight or whatever it is, you bring nothing to the table or you got as an attitude, you don't even clean up, you know, you don't even cook, you don't even whatever is beneficial to men nowadays. If you're not bringing any of that shit to the table, you have to teach your daughters like you have to be of more value and to help create more unity and more positivity and more uh, economically to a family you have to bring something of value and a lot of women don't think that they think oh I'm just coming as I am (laughs) you know what I mean like stop stop you know Uh, for me to figure out what to do in the present to promote the future I want for myself and those in my life I look to success and failures of this past Yes, both families, both families have to give something. Uh, a book that costs money. I am saying it on here. I said earlier, I say a lot of shit on here for free. Doesn't mean don't pay for a book. And I ask for help. I've, I've asked for help. You want me to ask for help again? Okay, so... This what you do. I got a whole ass cash app. I got a Patreon. I'm saying if you want to help, help. Be a, be a, I said that at the beginning of the live stream. Like if not read, like if you're talking about me and my book, like if you if you're saying, you know, if you're saying there's something negative about that. What is the chance if you had a daughter? What do you what do you what are you asking in Y Scott? Thank you, Kareem. I'm definitely trying trying to add it out, trying to add it out. For for me to figure out what to do. Okay. Anyway, it's been an hour. I gotta go. It's been real. I'll try to do better next time and keep the mic on. <laughs> conversation going and join the black macho discord now you love my content don't you well join the black macho patreon membership includes macho merchandise digital ebooks exclusive content and commission-based ways to earn income with me sansa monique 
Welcome to my side of the internet. My name is Sansa Ray Monique. I'm a certified life coach for both men and women. I have a 50-50 audience, so I try to play fair with both genders. I'm going to keep it real with both of y'all. Everybody can improve because everybody is a part of the problem. I want everyone to unify and produce loving unions. Hopefully you do too. There is no gender war here. I promote positive perspectives and healthy debates, so be careful what you post inside of my comment section. It is very much okay to disagree, but have emotional intelligence and release toxicity elsewhere. Ladies and gents, don't take it out on each other. Make sure you follow me on all of my socials. Go to sansaraymonique.com to purchase any of my books or to sign up on any of my membership sites. Thank you for spending time with me. Have vision and stay focused. Namaste. you definitely haven't heard of the Banking for All app. So most of you don't even realize that the federal government is walking us down a financial plank. And once we get to the end of that plank, we got two options. Jump in with the sharks or turn around and let them know we're willing to do whatever you want us to do. Now, the other day I dropped a video about the new FedNow app and how the federal government will be using that to track all your transactions and possibly phase out cash in the future. But exactly what is the FedNow app a part of and what's the bigger picture? Well, don't worry. As usual, I got you. Come on. So if you haven't heard of the FedNow app, you definitely haven't heard of the Banking for All app. This is a proposed piece of legislation that will allow all Americans to get access to basic banking services. This means that every single inhabitant of America would have access to a federally insured bank account. They don't even care if you have an ID or even a social security number. They're getting desperate. This would enable millions of unbanked and underbanked Americans to participate in the financial system. Supposedly, this will help them avoid high interest rate fees by dealing with unregulated third-party financial services. Now, this is supposed to promote financial inclusion by allowing the Federal Reserve to establish Fed accounts, which would allow individuals access to a digital wallet, allowing them to make payments to one another. Don't we already have that? Now, the way they're selling this is that by establishing this whole Banking for All Act, that it would actually reduce poverty, increase financial stability, and promote economic growth. For those of y'all who, like me, thought this was still conspiracy up until about a month ago, y'all better open y'all eyes. Follow for more tips to help you increase your credit scores. <laughs>